0: Welcome to The Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self-reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self-discovery, and self-care, and how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hey everybody, it's Katherine here and welcome back to the Sunday Soother podcast. I have learned my lesson after last week's episode and I am recording inside, so you will not get any screaming about snakes in this episode. But I wanted to come to you for, I think, a short episode about a helpful tool that I use and teach my clients in terms of negative thinking. So if you listen to last week's episode, you know that I talked a lot about the river of misery and being in the river of misery doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong, right? But it can feel pretty awful and it can be a point in which a lot of negative thoughts begin to arise and we're really self-doubting and self-questioning and it feels like maybe we've made a horrible mistake and we should definitely turn back. And so when that happens, it's important to have tools at your disposal to work through this inevitable process and, and the inevitability of a river of misery because it can feel overwhelming at times you want to have um, processes for helping yourself get through it. So the very first process or concept is the one of thought work and belief work, which I teach you about in episode 99. So I would go back and listen to that because that's something I rely on heavily in moments of growth or when I'm in my own personal river of misery. And the second concept is one that I'm sure... I don't think I've certainly made this up and but I don't know where to attribute it to so my apologies if I am like directly lifting this from somebody <laughs> but I um call the judge the prosecutor and the public defender so the reality is is like we most of us know intellectually at some level that we are not our brains or our thoughts And yet it is hard to embody that knowledge and really begin to live on it, right? Um, And in case you don't know it, you are not your thoughts and your brain. The metaphor is that your thoughts are things that your brain is thinking, but they're not you. You're the seat of consciousness that is observing the thoughts being thought. (laughs) You can try this like one day if you're kind of in a spin out. Try to like take the metaphor or the practice of falling behind your thoughts a little bit. Like your thoughts are walking on a path and you're just behind them watching them walk down the path, and you're like, wow, that thought is going off there and this thought's going off here, right? And then you can begin to distinguish your awareness of your thoughts and your consciousness from the thoughts themselves, okay? So, It's important. It it takes work. Like, this is something I still have to practice all the time. And it becomes easier over time as you practice observing your own thoughts. And there is almost, I think, no personal growth that can really happen without the self observation of your own thoughts and the awareness that they are not you, too. Okay. So, to help people kind of ground this process, I offer up, like I said, the metaphor of the judge, the prosecution, and the public defender. So, in this situation, we want to think of You know, we're in a courtroom, obviously, with all these legal metaphors, and you're the judge, right? You are the seat of consciousness. You are the observer, right? You are simply watching this case or argument be played out in front of you, right? And you're kind of eventually going to make your decision on which side you're going to believe. But in the meantime, you're simply witnessing it happening. And on one side, we have the prosecution. And this, in my mind, the prosecution is negative self-thinking um self-doubt imposter syndrome critical self-thoughts um and i really like to think of the prosecution as like this really like classically stereotypically like bad evil corporate dude right like dick cheney in his prime in a suit or something and he's so slick and like really convincing and really seductive and he looks so fancy and he's like probably won most of the cases in your life up until this point, right? At this point, he probably doesn't even have to try. Um, he just walks in with his like fancy briefcase and his fancy shoes and he just knows he's going to win because he can just say one sentence and, you know, that's going to be that. And the judge is going to pick him. On the other side, we have the public defender, right? And the public defender is somebody who is trying to argue for your case to do the things you want, be the things you want, go after the things you want. And I think when most of us are starting out on this kind of work, our public defender looks kind of classically like our stereotypical public defender, like really like rooting for the cause and like a good person, but like super under-resourced, like has like been fighting for a long time and it's been tough for them. Um, they haven't been given like the money and the support that they need. And they're in the system that's not really serving them or the people that they're fighting for. <laughs> right. So I always kind of think of the public defender in my case as this, this woman who kind of like doesn't really have a face, but she kind of looks just like tired and frazzled and, you know, she's not fancy. She's not wearing fancy clothes. She's got like way too many stacks of papers in front of her. She's just overwhelmed and she's trying and she's like a good person, but she's just like, what's the point? Like, prosecution always wins and they have so much money and they have fancy clothes and like the judge always picks the prosecution. So what we need to do in this metaphor is we need to give the public defender a makeover and I'm talking literally. So I want you to like conceptualize, the judge is neutral. That's just like you, your seat of consciousness, like probably faceless, just kind of like judge, whatever. I want you to like conceptualize and visualize an evil Prosecution, like what does that look like in your head? Maybe it looks totally different, like not like mine at all, but what does that look like? And then I want you to visualize the public defender and, like, what does that public defender look like? Like I said, for me, it kind of looks like this overworked, tired, frazzled woman, but it might look like something different to you. And then in our minds and in our visualization process, we need to give the public defender a makeover. So In my, um, you know, visualization of my public defender, she basically like looks like Olivia Pope. (laughs) She's gotten like these fancy suits and she's beautiful and relentless and totally like, you know, there for the fight and like all in convinced of her case, right? And more than that, behind the public defender, I visualize people on my side. I visualize, you know, that I recently lost my grandmother. I visualize my grandmother there and my other grandparents and all of the people and mentors in my lives who are part of the public defenders team who are on this side of the argument. Right. And they're all the people who want me to go after my dreams and achieve them and believe in me. And then, so you're coming from a better place, right? Like the public defender, you're, you're conceptualizing this person and perhaps this team of people who support you. And they just like, they just have your back. Like You know, they're like, yeah, Catherine, you do get to go after your dreams. But they're also like, oh, are you feeling sad today, Catherine? That is okay. You need some rest, right? Like, I'm going to make you a cup of tea. (laughs) So it's not like the public defender is like driving you to always be taking action. It's just that they always have your back no matter what, no matter how you're feeling. You're feeling low. They're like, it's okay to feel low. Like, why don't you give yourself a really nice bath and do some stretching? Because you deserve this. (laughs) Or if they're like you're applying for new jobs and you're finding it overwhelming. They're like, gosh, Catherine, you are so talented. Like you can absolutely do this. You just have to keep going. Right? So the public defender and their team are arguing your case and they just, they 100% have your back in all situations. They're never critical of you. They are never self-loathing. They are never questioning of you. Right? They're just like all in on you. So you have the judge, you have whatever your public defender looks like and their team, and you have the prosecution and The shift that you need to make, and maybe you can even just try this for one day or one week or 30 days, is that you just, as the judge, you simply decide that the public defender literally always wins. That's it, right? You just make the decision the public defender is always right. And it's a practice because that is the process of self-trust and listening to yourself and caring for yourself authentically and loving yourself. And a lot of us don't want to do that because we think it's going to be like we're lazy or we need to beat ourselves up to do these things or there's something virtuous about the negative thinking or, you know, it's, it is just difficult. But if you can kind of ground into these three examples of the judge, the prosecution, and the public defender, you can separate yourself from the process a little bit and watch it play out. And you can try to make the decision to always listen to the public defender, right? And you got to be careful here because the prosecution, I'm telling you, they're slick and they're smart and they know what they're doing and they're tricky. They're seductive, right? They can trick you up in all sorts of ways. They will make counter arguments. (laughs) They will bring witnesses to the stand. You know, the public defender may say something like, you deserve rest today. And then before you know it, the prosecution may say something like, you're just the laziest person I know. You don't deserve rest, right? And so it's that, that, pernicious and seductive, right? And convincing. And you have to listen to the public defender. Like that's the choice of a lifetime. And when you can kind of practice it and then snap into it and practice it some more, it will change everything for you. It's the method in which I have learned to always have my own back, right? And to carry myself through the river of misery or moments of self-doubt or imposter syndrome or people disagreeing with me or rejecting me. And it's something I want you to have too. So try this out today, the judge, the prosecution, and the public defender, and see how it works for you. You know, it might sound a little hokey, but it can be really powerful. And I challenge you to give it a shot for seven days and see how it unfolds in your life. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Good luck out there. And I'll talk to you soon. That's it for this week's Sunday Soother. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at katherineandrews and find out more about the Sunday Seether at thesundayseether.com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at KatherineDAndrews.com. Have a great day ahead.